The following audio is from City Rev Church. For more information about City Rev Church, visit us online at cityrev.org. A few years ago, I was challenged by an older brother in Christ. I was serving on church staff at a church in Dallas, Texas, and we were having an event for the children. And so uh, as the, one of the staff pastors, being a youth pastor, uh, I helped in a lot of ways, getting things prepared. And as the event was winding up to a close, I was ready to go. Now, I don't know if you really understand and grasp the gravity of what I'm trying to say. When I say I was ready to go, I was ready to go. I was ready to leave. And it wasn't my event. Now, I don't, I, hate, I don't want that to sound bad, but it was a children's event. I was a youth pastor. But, you know, we help each other. By the time it was getting to the close, I was ready to go. And I have six of my seven children at the time. We didn't have number seven yet. And all six of them, I'm telling them, like, look, y'all say goodbye. Let's go. Let's get to this car. Let's go. I told my wife, I said, babe, tell the kids, let's go. Get all the candy. Get their bags. If they leave their bag, it, it, they left it. Let's go. And I said, we're leaving now. And I'm walking out. And I'm getting to the door. And I push the door open. And I turn around. And nobody's with me. <laughs> my children aren't with me. And my wife aren't with me. And I walk back. And I'm like, and one of the older brothers saw my face. And he was like, Pastor, what's wrong? And I was like, man, I'm a little frustrated, man. It's, it's time to go, man. I told him, follow me out. They're supposed to be following me. I pushed the door. He said, I saw you pushing that door. And I said, yeah, they're supposed to be following me. And this is what he said, and I'll never forget it. He said, they're supposed to be following you? I said, yeah. He said, look like you're not leading well then. <laughs> that phrase has stuck with me. The re- it will stick with me the rest of my life. Because while, while I am dad... I am a husband. I've been given this responsibility by God to be the head of our family. I'm supposed to be leading them in Christ, leading them in godliness, and leading them in life. And I'm supposed to be doing it by example. So by default, they should just be following me, right? And yet when I'm saying let's go, they're not following me. And I got frustrated because I'm thinking, I have the title. I have the God-ordained responsibility. Why are you not following me? And I thought about what that man said. He said, it looked like you're not leading well. And my frustration went from them to I started to be introspective to see, okay, where have I failed in getting them to follow? Because I'm looking like, you're supposed to be following, but... Obviously, I have not communicated or I am missing something in which they are not following as they should. And the rest of my life in every leadership position in which I serve, I'm always asking myself that question. Am I leading well? You know, this series about being influencers and influence, that is what leadership is basically. It's influencing someone in ideas or in action. Now, effective leadership can look a lot of different ways. I I actually had a conversation with someone once, and we were talking about leadership. And I said, "You, you know who one of the most effective leaders in all of human history was? And you start thinking ideas. You may be thinking of names right now. The most effective leaders ever was Adolf Hitler. Now, you were sitting there like, hold on, Pastor, you're not supposed to say that about Adolf Hitler. We don't say anything positive about Adolf Hitler. I want you to think about it. He had a whole nation follow him into great evil. 
committed atrocities, atrocities, and they thought it was a good thing. He influenced their minds that led to actions to where a whole nation was following him to the depths of hell. It was effective, but it wasn't good. It was effective, but it wasn't godly. I like to go to that extreme to mention Adolf Hitler because sometimes we get caught up in effective leadership where my challenge today is I want us to think about godly leadership. Not just effective leadership because you may be a boss or have a boss that's very effective of getting jobs done, but it may not be godly. And it may not lead to godly ends. And sometimes, even if the end may not be a bad thing, the methods in which we arrive may not be godly at all. When we think about influence and we think about uh, leadership, when we think about these positions and this authority, I want us to look at it through the grid of, is it godly? And today we're going to look at a passage in Joshua chapter 1. And just the first nine verses in Joshua that I think speaks volumes into what godly leadership looks like. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Now you... And all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right, or the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may, be, you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Godly leadership. We see in this passage that the Lord is speaking to Joshua, son of Nun. That's actually one of my jokes I love to tell. One of my dad jokes is, who in the Bible had no father? Joshua, son of Nun, right? So take that and run with it. Take that and run with it. Have fun. But Joshua, son of Nun, Moses has died. Moses has served his purpose. They are on the precipice of going into the promised land, just as God has spoken. And now Joshua is the new leader. 
And God is giving him specific instruction on what to do and how to do it. And these are some of the things that I want all of us to take to heart when it comes to godly leadership and what God even tells Joshua about attaining true success. And this is one of the first things that I want us to grasp, and it's this. Godly leadership leads in God's purpose. Godly leadership leads in God's purpose. When I talk about God's purpose, we're talking about what has God said? Where is God taking us? In this passage, the goal is the promised land. The goal is the land of Canaan. The goal is this land in which was promised centuries ago to Abraham. That his descendants would dwell in this land. That's, that's the goal. That's the end. I say that because when we think about what is God calling us to in life, if we are leading just in our own lives or in our families or organizationally, where is God leading? What is God's purpose? That's the question we all got to be asking. You know, in the introduction, you heard that I recently uh, graduated. Praise the Lord for this. It's been a long haul, but I graduated with my Ph.D. in New Testament and biblical theology. Now, that's, that's cool because you're sitting like, you're the New Testament guy. Why are you reading Old Testament? That's, it's the whole Bible, right? So in the whole Bible. But I say that. I praise God for that. But I had another graduation recently before this graduation. And it was this past Christmas. And this past Christmas, I graduated because of our seven children. The baby girl is number five, and she hit an age in which she asked for a particular gift for Christmas, and we granted it. But she's at the age to where now, going forward, she will be too old to ask for this particular gift. And you're probably sitting up thinking, like, what is he talking about? I graduated because she asked for a dollhouse. Now, you may not be familiar with today's dollhouses, but if you purchase a for real dollhouse today, you may feel like, I need to go to trade school to build this thing. It's worse than getting something from Ikea, y'all. It is real deal. I was about to call a contractor to come out and help us put this thing together. I mean, it was robust. The instructions, everything, we're pulling it out. And as we're dismantling it, I'm looking, and, I'm, and this is what makes things even heightened in my household. Uh, if you came to our house and you're looking for who puts the tool belt on, it would be Mrs. Jones. She's the one that fixes everything. I just look like the guy that does. But I wanted to build this dollhouse, so I got... My oldest son and me, and we were like, we're going to build this for your sister. And we're not going to ask mom for any help. <laughs> so we embarked on this journey. We, 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 we opened up this box, and we're pulling out things, and we're looking at what tools are needed, and we're looking at all these pieces. And I'm trying to figure out, and I'm looking at the instructions, and I'm like, what in the world have we dug ourselves into? Like, how are we going to get this complete? It's going to take us a few days. But uh, we, we, we promised we're going to get this done. And I'm looking at it, and what I found was very helpful was as we went through the process, I put the, the big front part of the box, I put it up where I could see it. Because what I needed to be reminded of through each step was as I put it out, and I'm trying to figure out how does this go, I would go to the end goal. Okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. 
When we get to the end, it's supposed to look like this because what we just did, we got to start over because it don't look like that. <laughs> and we, we, we dismount and we go, and we finally got it built. And I say it's a graduation because let me tell you something, I will never build one again. <laughs> Baby girl, let's hit that age. When I have granddaughters, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit there and whoever their dad is, I'm going to give them a bottle of water and I'm going to cheer them on. <laughs> I'm done. Done. Graduated. I have a master's in dollhouse building and I'm done. That's it. But I say that because throughout the process, I had to be reminded over and over, even when I thought things were supposed to be a certain way, I would go to what is supposed to be. When we get to the end, if it's not this, then everything I'm doing is wrong. If it doesn't look like this, I have created a mess. Even if I think all the parts fit, if I think it's standing up, if it doesn't look like this on the box, I've wasted my time. Oftentimes, when we're going somewhere, wherever we're going, we're making it up as we go along, and we end up at a place that may not be where God has called us to be. When we're talking about godly leadership, we're talking about where is God leading us, and does it match his purposes? And if it doesn't match that, we're doing the wrong thing. If you're leading people and it doesn't fit God's purposes, you are taking them on the wrong path to the wrong destination. If you are following someone and it does not match God's purpose, now, we see this here in this text because what's the goal? God tells Joshua exactly where they are going to end up. You will be in this land that I promised them as an inheritance. You may think like, dude, we've been wandering around for 40 years. They have no idea what it's supposed to look like. They've been wandering. They've been going from place to place. Matter of fact, they've been wandering because the previous generation didn't believe God. If you go back, go back and read Exodus, the parents of the children we read about here in Joshua and in Deuteronomy, the parents didn't trust God's promise. And God said, you know what? I'm going to still be faithful. This seed and the nation will go in, but it's going to be your kids. You're going to wander. You are going to die off. And then I will lead the nation in because you didn't believe me. So we have a whole new generation that is experiencing God in a very fresh way. And now... God's going to come through on his purpose, and what is that supposed to look like? They have no idea, but one thing they know is God has spoken. I'm stressing this point because I want you always to be focused on what has God said, what is God's purpose, and that's where we're headed. That's what godly leadership looks like. Godly leadership leads towards God's purpose. Not one's own. Now, I'm stressing that because oftentimes we, we pray for promotions and we want these seats of authority and we want power. We esteem power. But when you think about what leadership really looks like, leadership is taking people where God wants them to go. Let me say it another way. Successful leadership that's going towards God's purposes goes above and beyond the leader. It's not just for 
You, as the leader, to reap all the benefits and, and have all the privileges and have all this authority and get all these things. No, God's purpose is for you to be a blessing to everyone else. I want you to think about if you sit in a seat, is everybody that's following you being blessed? Is everyone that's following you receiving God's blessing. And we do see here that material blessing can be a blessing of the Lord. I know a lot of times today uh, we have people on the extreme side that if you trust God, you'll be rich. That's not scripture. Then you got the other extreme. If, if, if you really love the Lord, you just give up all material things. That's not necessarily scripture either. What the Bible does teach is what God wants for you, he has for you. If he gives you material wealth, he wants to give it to you for his glory, not your own. If he doesn't give you material wealth or material gain, it's not that you've been disobedient to God. It's that God may have you serving his purposes in another fashion as you trust him and you experience him meet every need you have. The common denominator is what is God's purpose, not yours. What is God's desire? Not yours. What is God's will and God's way? Not yours. This leadership in God's purpose is experienced as the influencer leads others into God's will, God's way, and God's purpose. But there's something that's very important when it comes to this leader. When it comes to this godly leadership, it's the leadership mindset. The mindset of a leader. Because we understand that our mindset affects our actions. You know, where, wherever our minds are, that's, that's what we do. And I was laughing and thinking about, man, you just never know how, how God does things in people's lives. Uh, I was talking with a friend of mine and he was recently sharing about how years ago he and his wife, uh, when they were starting out in ministry, they would, they would uh, make some extra money that they would house sit, you know, for people. You know, they, some people, they would go travel and they would go and they would house sit. And then they built relationships where they were trusted that they would house sit and sometimes babysit. And this was some of the ways they would earn extra money as they were starting out in ministry. They were serving in a parachurch ministry. They were uh, going, going through school. And this was the ways that God opened up to, you know, to fund and, and take care of their family. And one of the children uh, came to them one time, and he was like, watch this, watch this. And he put up his computer. He opened up a laptop, and he said, watch this. And he, he was like, watch this. And it was like this cube. And then the cube just like moved and moved. And this little kid was so excited. And my buddy was like, I was looking at it, it was like, man, that was just like, it's just a cube and it moved twice. Like, why is he so excited? And the little kid was like, I did that. I did that. And he was like, what do you mean? And he was like, I wrote the code for it. I put the code in and I created this cube and then it moved two steps. And he was like, I was like, all right, great. You know, that's a good thing. And I was thinking, like, why is he telling me this story? And he said, guess what that kid does now? He's an adult. He was one of the main graphic designers that created Thanos in the Marvel movies. And I'm like, yo! Now, that gets me excited because I love those movies. I'm like, Thanos look real! Like, he was one of the, he was one of the CGI people. And he was like, yeah, he came a long way from that little cube that moved twice. Now, I say that not just to make you laugh, but I want you to think about it. He put in specific informations in zeros and ones. 
They created a cube and they made it twice. Now, we watch full-blown movies and we walk away thinking like, you know what, I could probably do that. <laughs> like, like, they were flying. I think if I jump off, I could probably do that because it looks so real. And all they're doing is they're putting in specific information that then brings about this result. We get that when it comes to digitize things and, and movies and entertainment. I want to tell you, this is true when it comes to your minds. Whatever information you fill your mind with is what you will act out. Whatever you fill it with. And what does he tell him? He says, look, I want you to be filling your mind with my word. I want you to be filling it with my instruction. He says, be careful to observe all that I've commanded you, don't turn from it to the right or the left. Now, I want you to notice something. He didn't say, be careful to observe the parts you like. Be careful to observe the parts you understand. You know, right? It says all of it. All of it. Because if you do all of it, then your will be prosperous. Then you will have success. You will fulfill the purpose if you observe all of it. See, it's important. I talked about building a dollhouse. I remember years ago, there was a buddy of ours. He invited us over, and he had built this entertainment system. Now, things are a little different now. You know, you mount your TV to the, to the wall now and things like that. Back in the day, though, you used to get this entertainment center. It was this big old furniture structure. You put the TV there, and you got stereo and speakers. And then, you know, you put a nice picture up and a little flower. If your wife made you put a flower on it, you know, and, you know, you did you had all these things. And he built it, and, and we all showed up for, the, for this big fight. It was a boxing match, and we were ready. And he was like, he built it a few months ago. And we were like, you know, is it, is, is, how's it going to look? Because this person was a little like me. You know, we don't build stuff. And I was watching the fight. The whole thing just collapses. He's like, dude, what you do? Did you put? And as we talked through, it was like, yeah, well, you know, there were little parts here and there that I didn't, you know, that didn't, it wasn't a big deal and everything was up there, so I just threw them in the trash. And it was like, hold on, like it was like straight up like screws and 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 and, and washers and and pieces that you just didn't put in the structure. And they're like, yeah, and it stood up. It stood up for a while and collapsed. See, when see that. That's a great example of what our lives look like when we do just some of or most of God's instruction. Yeah, it looks sturdy for a while. All of a sudden, collapse. He says, I want you to be careful to observe all that I've commanded you. He says, uh, this book of instruction, I want you to meditate on it. Doesn't it sound familiar to Psalm 1? Meditate on it day and night. You know, you, you'll be prosperous. You'll be like that, that tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in this season. His leaf does not weather. Everything he does prospers. You know, it's, it's, I, I'm, I, I am a big nerd. One of the things I love, when you look at the Hebrew Bible, the ordering, you have the, the law, the prophets, and the writers. The scenes that connect it all are Psalm 1 that connects the, uh, you know, uh, well, uh, Joshua 1 connects the prophets to the Torah, and then Psalm 1 connects the writings to the prophets was connected to the Torah, and both of them stress right in verse in chapter one. Or both of them, well, Psalms is not a chapter, that's a pet peeve of mine. It's Psalm one. You might get if you come to my church, you might get a prize if I ask that as a trivia question. No chapters in Psalms, right? It's just a collection. Psalm one connects to the prophets, Joshua one connects to the Torah, and both of them focus that the whole of the scripture is 
Meditate on God's word. That's where the success is found. That's where you fulfill God's purposes. Meditate on his word. Now you think about meditate. I love to talk about meditation. Just our meditation in Christ is very different than Eastern meditation. The goal of Eastern meditation is guess what? Nothing. Clear your mind of everything. And when you reach nothingness, you've made it. Detach from everything. Think about how contradictory that is. It's, the goal is till you reach nothing where you have no care. Like, my, my, my children no longer mean anything. My wife means nothing. My, my parents means nothing. That can sound harsh. No, you're reaching nothingness. That's the goal. The opposite of it is, when you talk about it in Christ, the goal is to reach everything, is to know God. And to know God is to know all. And to know God is to meditate on his word. So when we talk about meditating, I'm not talking about you trying to reach nothing and clear your mind. I'm talking about intentional focus on God's word. And we sitting there thinking, like, how do you do that? We're all familiar with doing that. You want to know how I know? Raise your hand if you have at least one song memorized throughout your life. Have you memorized a song? There's a song you memorized, right? Like I love to, I love, I love to tell people. Like you think about this. I, I remember we used to be in track and we'd be warming up in track and we'd be on our relay and we'd be sticking our hand back, you know, four by one. Or if it was a four by four, we'd be running around and we'd be turning and we just kind of getting warmed up and getting used to passing the baton. And we would have a song that we would sing. Now, I will admit it was not a godly song. We were in high school, and we were rapping lyrics that we didn't even know the gravity of it. And you got grown and like, I don't think we should have been rapping that song. <laughs> I don't think that was it. But we memorized every verse. We memorized every, every last verse. Even some of the nonverbals. You know, you be singing like, oh, you know, like just, we had every part of it memorized. We're, you know, that, take, that takes some focus. That takes some repetition. We would listen to it over and over and over. We would focus on it over and over and over. And then we would repeat it, and we would practice it over and over and over. And you know what? Even now, I graduated high school 25 years ago on Friday. It was funny. We were like, people were posting pictures. I was like, I got to go to my mama's house and find my graduation pictures so I can post it. And we, 25 years we've been out, and all of a sudden I wake up in the morning, I haven't heard this song for 25 years, and I get up and I start singing it. It's just stuck there, and I'm like, where did that come from? I didn't hear it. I didn't, it it's, it's just in there. Because I've been focusing on it. I've, I've actually been meditating on it and didn't know it. If you were ever in a play and you had to memorize your lines, guess what? You had to meditate on that script. You would focus. If you ever had to take a test, you know, you remember in high school or middle school or even in college, you were getting ready for that history exam. And, you know, I remember in high school, I would show up early to school because I'm an extrovert, I like to talk to people. But I would show up early and I would be, you know, in the hallways or I'd be in the cafeteria just hanging out and people would be talking to me. I'd be like, you know, okay, 1776, you know, this, yeah. okay, then 19, so and so, and then, okay, so and so, and then. And then this was president, and then this was the president after that. And somebody talked to me, I'd be like, shh, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. Okay, no, God, this. And then you'd be walking to class, and people be like, hey, Daryl. I'd be like, shh, don't, shut up, don't talk to me. I gotta memorize this, and now I'll just try to brain dump it on the test. Here, and write it out. <laughs> that, that whole morning, you know what I was doing? I was, I was meditating on it, I was repeating it, I was focusing on it. I was, I, was, I was going over, I was rehearsing it over and over in my head. We know how to do this, you already know how to do it. Problem is we do it with, the, with junk. 
We do it with the wrong stuff. We need to be doing it with God's word. We need to be reading it as much as possible. We need to be listening to it. We, I, this is one of the things I love about even the worship team here that writes original songs. It's flooded with scripture. These are the things you need to be filling your mind with so that your actions follow. When we talk about a leadership mindset, when it comes to godly leaders, is that it's a mindset that is filled with God's word. But not just knowing it, the purpose is so that you may walk in it. You may live it out. And this is one of the cool things when it talks about this mindset, because with this mindset, he calls Joshua to be this courageous leader. We're talking about courageous leadership. See, godly leadership is, is courageous. It's courageous. Courage is not like just totally the absence of any kind of fear or concern. What it is is recognizing danger and yet going forward. You know, think about how often we can get much more courageous in our actions when there's somebody with us, you know, when there's somebody with you. You know, I, I like to work out, and I'll go and work out, and I like, to, I like to lift heavy weight. Oftentimes, though, I'll go by myself, and, you know, I'll put on, you know, certain kind of weights, and then I'll be lifting. But then if I have my boy Ryan with me, oh, I get real courageous. <laughs> I start putting stuff on that bench that, that have people looking at us. They be like, them dudes on steroids. Look at that. Is he going to lift that? He going to really lift that? I get, I get, I'm not that courageous when I'm by myself. Because you know what I don't want to happen? I, I don't know if I'm more fearful of actually getting hurt or getting embarrassed in front of everybody in the gym. You know, I don't want to get stuck and then be like, somebody got to come rescue me. It's like, I don't know if I can live with that, you know. And, I, and maybe God got to deal with me. That might be a pride issue, Pastor. I don't know. I got to, I got to deal with that. But I... I it's just somebody, but, but when I got somebody with me that I know can ha handle it, that can be my spotter, oh, I get real courageous. See, I want you to notice something. In this text, one, one of the things that's important to note whenever you're doing a Bible study, whenever you're reading scripture, if something is repeated, it's important. If it gets repeated a few times, oh, it's very important. You know, and when the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, New Testament was written in Greek, they didn't have, you know, fonts where they can enlarge the font. You know, we got 12-point font. You want to make a statement, make it 16, right? They didn't have that. You know, they, they didn't have italicized. They couldn't underline it. They couldn't change the color. So what would they do? They would repeat it. We read nine verses. You know what happened three times in nine verses? Now, I know a little math. You know, three over nine that's about what? That's about a third, right? Right? I'm right? I got mad teachers sitting here like, yeah, yeah, learn that thing. About a third, about a third. I'm telling you, this is important. In nine verses, three times, God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You want to know what that's communicating when I read that? Not only is he supposed to be strong and courageous, but that means he's going to be put in situations that will easily make him naturally want to flee, make him quit. Matter of fact, 
If you, if you were told by somebody, you're about to go in the water, so I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you to be strong and courageous. That means, hold on, who are we fighting? <laughs> you got to keep telling me that? That means, like, it's going to be a problem. Like, I need, I need to be concerned. I need to be worried. He tells him, he says, look, be strong and courageous, but I want you to understand why he can do this. This is why. Because if you go back to the beginning, God gave him a promise. It's actually two. He says, you're going to take them to this land that I promised. All right. So now he's to look at, okay, God has spoken. He's in a position to decide, will I trust God at his word or not? Now, that's, that's a very important place to be in. Where you're standing right there on the cliff and you have to make a decision. Will I trust God at his word or not? And that can be scary. Because life often throws us in situations to where I might need to take matters into my own hands. I don't know if doing it the God's way going to work. I don't know if doing it the way God, I know, I know what the Bible said, but that don't just quite sit right with me. I think I'll come back to that when it's a little more convenient. We may not use that word out loud, but that's how we're thinking. God is calling Joshua, trust me at my word. But he's also gave him another reason to be strong and courageous. He says, I want you to look at the experience you've had with me as well, of how I have shown myself faithful to every promise. What does he say? He says, as I have been with Moses, so I with you. Now, we read that, but let's do just a quick little history lesson. Uh, how was God with Moses? Moses gave God four excuses of why he couldn't do what God called him to do. And God kept repeatedly showing him, I'm with you, and I'm going to give you what you need to get the job done. I'm going to give you the resources. I'm going to give you the power. I'm going to give you the people. I'm going to give you the favor. So Joshua was to remember that. Moses wasn't better than everybody else. All Moses was called to do was trust God in his word. You had the Amalekite army. You had King Og of Bashan also come against Moses and the nation of Israel. And what happened? God gave them victory. So whatever enemy came against them, God gave Moses and the children of Israel victory even in battle. He's calling Joshua, remember what I do. But then also, not just against enemies, remember, there are, <laughs> Moses' own family even came against him one time. His brother and his sister, God stepped in. When some of the other Israelites tried to rise up, Korah and the people tried to rise up against Moses, God stepped in. So he's telling Joshua, look, I speak and I come through. I want you to trust me at God's, at my word, and I want you to trust my faithfulness to come through no matter what comes against you. What did he say? Everywhere the sole of your feet tread, I have given it to you. So wherever you go, I've given it to you. As I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. See, the reason he's to be strong and courageous has nothing to do with his own capability. Did you catch that? It has nothing to do with how gifted he is. He's to be strong and courageous. It has nothing to do with his competency, nothing to do with his wisdom, nothing to do with his own strength. It's all having to do with who's with him. And it's the Lord. 
See, when we talk about godly leadership, we're talking about are we following the Lord? And if we're following the Lord, then we know he is with us. And if he is with us, let me tell you what's going to happen. His purposes will be fulfilled. His purpose will be fulfilled. Whatever it is he's calling you to do. So be strong and courageous. He is with you. You, know, you, you read a little bit further. I, I love this passage when they were coming up against Jericho. They, we, we see it's, you know, it was a supernatural being. Some people believe it's a pre-incarnate you know, Christ. You have this, 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 this angel. He tells them, take your shoes off. What I love about it, Joshua walks up and he basically says this. He says, hey, uh, are you with us or are you with them? That's basically what he wants to know. Are you with Jericho or are you with us? And you know what the angel's response is? He says, uh, I'm paraphrasing. This is my paraphrase, all right? He's, he says, I ain't with now one of y'all. I'm the captain of the Lord's army. You know what that statement really is just communicating? He's basically saying, Joshua, are you with the Lord? Because if you with the Lord, then you with us. I got you. Oftentimes we're praying and we're asking for God to give us direction. We're asking God to give us insight. The question is, are you with the Lord? Are you with the Lord? Because if you're with the Lord and you're following the Lord, then you know what? You know who's with you as you go? The Lord is. He's with you. We talk about this, man. Y'all, this is huge. This is, this is so big because when God is calling us to whatever he's calling us to, we're always being reminded to trust God in his word and to trust his faithfulness. And he is faithful to every single promise he gives. And even though we may face enemies from outside and within, he calls us be strong and very courageous, for I'm with you. We're talking about leadership, but I also want you to think about this. You may be sitting like, Pastor, I don't know if God's calling me to lead right now. I'm going to flip things on his head for a second. Is Who are you following? Who are the voices that you allow speak into your life? Are they godly influences? Are they godly leaders? Are they telling you to trust God? Are they pointing you to God's word? Or... Are they tickling your itching ear and telling you what you want to hear in the moment? See, this is big because we come, I come across this as, as a pastor. There have been moments. Where I recently had someone tell one of our other church leaders, they, they were going through a certain situation. They had made certain decisions, and they literally looked at him in the eye and said, yeah, I didn't come to you because I knew you was going to tell me to go to the Bible, and I, I didn't want to hear it. And you know what? I, I appreciate that candor. I appreciate that because you know what? We, we, we oftentimes, truth be told, we know. We know that we know we know. There are certain things that happen in life, and we know which friend we want to call because they're going to tell us what we want to hear. And we know another friend I don't even want to hear right now. I don't even want to hear right now because they go, you know what they're going to do? They're going to tell me the truth. 
and we may not be ready for that. When it talks about who you need to be following, I, I want you to be able to discern the wolves. Jesus talks about the wolves. The Apostle Paul talks about the wolves. You gotta look for identifying markers of the wolves. I'm calling all us. If you don't remember anything else about this message, when it comes to about leadership, I want us to be like Little Red Riding Hood. Remember the old story, Little Red Riding Hood? She going through the frolicking in the forest. Anybody frolic still? You know, frolicking through the forest. She's going to grandma's house. She got goodies in her basket for grandma. That story never made sense because you go to grandma to get the goodies. You don't bring goodies to grandma, but you know, maybe different culture, you know, Western Europe, I don't know. You know, I, I grew up in the South, in Texas. You know, you go to grandma's house to get the baked goods. But she's bringing goodies to grandma. When she goes in and she, grandma's already been, they tried to clean up the story, but the original grandma's been devoured by this wolf. And this wolf is now put on grandma's clothes. And this wolf is like, the wolf not full yet. I love what it's communicating, because wolves don't get full. The wolf not full yet. They want to just keep devouring. And the wolf puts on grandma's clothes and laying in the bed. And, and the wolf is standing there and talking to Little Red and Riding Hood. And Little Red and Riding Hood is looking like, you got on grandma's clothes. And you're in grandma's bed. And you're in grandma's house. But those are some big ears you have. Oh, just the better to hear you with. That's, that's a big nose you have, Grandma. Just, it's better to smell the goodies you brought me, baby. It's a, it's a big old mouth you have. It's just it's better you can hear me speak. And then, he go, then it gets to the dark part. There's some big old teeth you have, and it's the better to eat you, you know, and it's, it's, it goes to the dark place. No, I say that because what, look, what Little Red Riding Hood was noticing was that, like, yeah, you, you, in, you in a position, and you, you got some covering that looks like, but... There are other characteristics that I'm noticing that don't match up. See, people can have a, a form of godliness but deny his power. Like they, they can look one way, but you, you start to look at it and be like, that sounds good, but oh, something there, that, that doesn't match up with God's word. And the better to discern those characteristics comes with Going back and meditate on his word day and night. See, when you don't know God's word, you're an easy mark. You're easy to fool. Folk can say all kind of stuff, and you'd be like, oh, hey, man, that's, that's God's person right there. And they saying all kind of stuff that the Bible ain't got nothing to say about. Contradicting the scripture. But the more you know God's word, the more you know God's voice, when they start to speak, whether you hear them audibly, whether you're on social media, Twitter following, however you're following. You start to see, oh, those, some, those ears are too big. That nose too big. That mouth too big. Ooh, those teeth are big. Not godly leaders. May we lead in a godly fashion. And may we follow godly leadership because it's all predicated on the fact that God has spoken, and he is faithful to every promise. Amen? Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise right now. I'm going to ask you, every head bowed, every eye closed at this moment now, and I'm going to pray for us. And I want you to pray along with me. Father, you have shown yourself faithful and true. We're grateful for your word, and we are grateful when it comes to your grace and your mercy, which confounds us at every 
point. It's hard to understand. And yet we receive it. And in such we are humbled that even while we were yet sinners, even while we were your enemies, you have shown yourself faithful in loving us and sending your son Jesus to die for us so that we may have a reconciled relationship with you. We may be reconciled to be your sons and your daughters. Lord, thank you for this word today that as we talk about influence and influencers, that we understand what godly leadership looks like. And it's leadership under the banner of Jesus Christ. It's leadership that holds fast to your word, your will and your way, that leads to your purposes, that coincides with your mission, Lord. Anything else is the wolf. Anything else is taking us down the path of destruction. Lord, may we be stirred up today to trust you at a higher level. May we be emboldened to stand on your word and may we do what you call Joshua to do. Be strong and courageous as we look to your mission given to us. What is your purpose? And Lord, we're going to follow your word as we fulfill it. Lord, I ask that you stir a hunger and a thirst in each of us for you, Lord. And in doing so, we will give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Lord, I'm going to issue an invitation to the people that are here today. And I ask that your Holy Spirit move in a fresh and robust way. With heads bowed and eyes still closed. With all that we talked about today. The only way in which you lead in this fashion is that you know Jesus for yourself. That you know him and his joy in the forgiveness of your sins. And the way that you're going to Follow godly leadership and discerning God's voice is the same way that you know Christ for yourself. And it's not about coming to church on a Sunday or going to a Bible study. It's not about serving with the church in the city. It's not about grandma and grandpa went to church and your uncle was a deacon or one of your family members was a pastor. No, it is about have you for yourself said yes to Jesus. The good news, the gospel itself is that whosoever believes in the person and finished work of Jesus Christ, his life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, whosoever believes in him has the forgiveness of sins, has been freed and rescued from God's righteous judgment for any and all of the wrong that we've ever done or will do. And we have the guarantee in God's kingdom now 
and forever and ever and ever. That's the good news. The good news is that God is righteous. And you know what? We've sinned against God, but we don't have to make up for it. Jesus has taken care of that situation for us. He's paid our penalty. And all God is calling us to do is say yes to Jesus. Today, if you are the one, nobody else can do this for you. And I don't care how old you are right now. You, today is the day. Now is the opportunity. You can say yes to Jesus. If that's you, heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. I'm the only one looking around right now. I'm going to ask you to do this. And this is part of that strong and courageous. I'm not going to ask you to walk up. I'm not going to even ask you to stand up. But what I'm going to ask for, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand, and I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. And then I'm going to give instruction to you for the next step. But if, if today is the day you say, I say yes to Jesus. I trust Jesus. I commit my life to Jesus. I, I may not even know what all that really means, but yes, Jesus, yes. If that's you, just slip your hand up. You don't even have to keep it up. Amen. I see you. You can put it down. I see you. I see you. I see you. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Man. Father, thank you for such an awesome salvation. Thank you for your faithfulness. And I pray for my newfound brothers and sisters today that said yes to Jesus. We are for all of eternity. We are not like family. These are actually my brothers and sisters covered in the same blood of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you give them what they need to walk this walk. I pray that you surround them so that they may grow as your disciples and that they may know that they know that they know no one can snatch them out of your hand. Lord, we are grateful for you and we dedicate our lives to you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, one more time. You have got a hand for place. Before we lead out, hey, for those that said yes to Jesus, if you said yes, they're on those connect cards that are in the back. Please fill that out. Go by the guest services table. They have a Bible for you. They'll follow up with you. Do not leave today without talking with them. And we're going to continue to pray for you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more resources and to check out other teaching series, please visit our website at cityrev.org. If you would like to speak to somebody about beginning a relationship with Jesus or ask any questions you have about this teaching, you can email us at podcast at cityrev.org.